Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the help desk for Thursday, the 17th of December. One more day to go, Tess. That's right. We're almost at the end of the working year. Indeed, and the news has not slowed down at all. No, it is a huge episode today, so we should get into it. So Australia's consumer watchdog has launched federal court action against the tech giant Facebook. (laughs) It's been a busy week for Facebook. The ACCC is alleging two of its subsidiaries uh, secretly collected and aggregated users' personal data for Facebook's commercial benefit. The action relates to Facebook's Onovo Sorry. The action relates to Facebook's Onovo Protect mobile app, which provided a virtual private network for its users. For those that don't remember, Onovo was a data-saving VPN client for Android and iOS that Facebook purchased back in 2013. Yeah, and it came into the headlines in 2019 when TechCrunch revealed Facebook had actually been using the traffic of Onavo users to find out what other apps were popular among young people, helping guide its purchases of uh, its competitors, Instagram and WhatsApp. When Onavo was removed from Apple's app store for this reason, Facebook relaunched the app under its developer program. And this is all coming back to me now. It was... uh, (laughs) It, it, was, was, it was it was like the biggest drama of 2019. It was, and it was uh, fed into that stoush that was just blossoming between Tim Cook, who was the uh, being the adult in the room, and Mark Zuckerberg, who was throwing his toys out of the pram. Yeah, it was pretty amazing. Uh, so Apple revoked Facebook's enterprise developer program at the time. The first time it's really taken that that drastic action against one of the big players. You know, the, the closest I can think of is Uber when uh, Tim Cook demanded that Travis Kalanick be in his office the next morning to discuss the way they were using their app and data. But even then, even, even in that situation, nothing actually happened for consumers or anyone else. Uh, in, in this particular case, back in 2019, Facebook's de- developer program was revoked for, I think it was like four days. And those four days were like, you know, th- this was, you know, the, the tech equivalent of like the Cuban Missile Crisis. That's right. And so getting back to Australia. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and why the ACCC is looking at it now. They're saying that Facebook misled Australian consumers by telling them that they would keep personal data private and secure when really it was using it to for its own commercial benefit. And Facebook has said we will review the recent filing by the ACCC and we will continue to defend our position in response to the recent filing. And we are sticking with Facebook and Apple for our next story. Peter, do you want to fill us in about iOS 14.3? Yeah, sure. So we've talked about it a little bit that iOS 14.3 is is the update that includes a lot of the new privacy protocols and, and how you can look up 
the privacy report card of, of each app installed. So the new privacy uh, policy is rolling out with 14.3. And uh, I'm a little bit disappointed, actually, to see that the all the information only lives on the App Store rather than the first time you launch an app. And even if you go to the App Store, you only get a truncated version of the privacy list uh, at first view. You have to actually click through the, to then see the larger, uh, full detailed version of the report. And we've included in our show notes a Mac Rumors tweet that shows the Facebook <laughs> the Facebook privacy section on the App Store. And boil the kettle and, and make a cup of tea before you try to read through this because uh, Facebook Facebook is looking at a lot of your stuff. Yeah, going back to what we we're talking about yesterday, how it's just really fascinating anytime you get a look inside inside what, what data is actually being collected. Um, I look forward to actually updating my apps and um, finding out what what's on my list as well. Yeah, it's a bit of a bummer that it doesn't actually appear as you launch the app for the first time, but I can understand why they didn't go that route when you see just how long the Facebook list is. Like That that would shock a lot of users, I think. Even as a techie, I th- I'm, I'm pretty amazed by some of uh, how transparent they've been forced to be in terms of, you know, they'll up, upload your contacts and also upload mine, and then they'll cross-reference both of our contacts lists to build an even, even bigger picture of, of both of us. Um, so it's all it's all pretty scary. And topping off a very bad inevitable week for big tech, the European Union has unveiled sweeping new proposals to control tech industry giants as gatekeepers who could be fined up to 10% of their revenue for breaking EU rules on competition. So there's two new measures that they're proposing. The EU's Digital Markets Act would set standards for treating large online platforms as quote gatekeepers based chiefly on how many users they have. And those gatekeepers would be barred from favouring their own products over rivals. So think Google steering users to its own restaurant reviews over Yelps, for example, or using data in an exclusionary way that they've collected to develop their own products. They'd either have to avoid using such data or make it available to competitors to tap into as well. Yeah, this is a really clever way of of distinguishing big tech from everyone else. It's hard for them to mount cases about antitrust and competitive behaviour when their services are generally for free. And that's been one of the big struggles both in the US and in the the EU. And so I think this is a a really clever way of of kind of changing, uh, you know, moving the goalposts a little bit and saying, look, you don't have to be, we don't have to uh, you know, classify you as antitrust, but we can say that uh, you are so damn big that you need to be aware of of how powerful you are before you make updates to your product. Yeah, I think looking at those user numbers is a, an interesting metric rather than, I guess, the cost of the product when the product is free. And for gatekeepers that break the rules, they could be fined up to 10% of their annual global revenue, which would be an enormous number mm. <laughs> for most of them. <laughs> yeah, antitrust has to work hand in hand with regulation. So we have a complete set of tools, said European Commissioner Marguerite Vestager. 
Yeah, the second uh, section of the, the new act being proposed is aimed at making big platforms more accountable for user posts that break the EU member nations' laws around illicit material, such as Germany's prohibition on speech that glorifies Nazism or denies the Holocaust. Large platforms that don't remove illegal posts like these following a, go- a government order could face fines of up to 6% of their annual revenue as well. So, yeah, they're, they're really coming at both angles and, and hitting big tech where it hurts, which is their wallets. And finally, we have a big local story about a neobank called Zinja. Peter, have you heard of them before? Uh, not until today. <laughs> well, you, uh, I guess maybe that's lucky. Zinja has announced that it is withdrawing from banking and it's going to hand back its banking license, its license to operate as a bank. So that means customers will have to move their money out of their accounts as, uh, and into a new bank as soon as possible. And just by that, for background, Zinja is one of the handful of digital-only banks that launched in an attempt to take away business from the big four. Uh, but this news today is just a huge blow for the other startups in the sector trying to disrupt the traditional banking players. Yeah, I mean, we talked a little bit about uh, these different services a little while ago and how they're forcing the the bigger players to innovate. And I, I don't know whether our market is big enough to have that many external players. Once one or two become very successful and and then force the hand of the bigger players to move faster with their software, then they, they kind of make themselves irrelevant, don't they? Yeah, I mean, there's still a lot that's going to play out in this sector because it's it's brand new, but uh, this story really isn't a technology story in that, you know, they had a great product. Uh, it's more of an old-fashioned startup running out of money story. Mm, uh, mm. So there are a few red flags along the way. The, the group, uh, the business was waiting on $433 million uh, in funding from a Dubai-based investment group, which it announced in March, but never actually showed up. And it also had trouble because it was paying out a really high interest rate to, to its savers, but it didn't have a lending product. So that meant it was not making money by loaning people money. So it had just had to keep raising money. And it is really interesting because it didn't have problem attracting customers. Mm. The bank had around 500 million in deposits that will now need to find its way to other banks. So yeah, maybe they were just their, their banking product product was too popular. Yeah. I mean, I, again, I, I've never really heard of them. Um, and I've seen up, up is the one that keeps kind of popping up in, in social networks and, and things like that of, 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 the one that has the kind of market share of, or the mind share, I should say, of of people who are sick to death of the big banks and want something, you know, either either then it's if it's just a kind of Apple Pay thing or a discretionary spending account, they're very popular with like barefoot investor people. So, I, you know, I I, I think that. There is definitely space in the market. I just don't know how much space there is uh, for more than a couple of of players. Yeah, and the job just got harder for those other players. Up a little bit of an exception because it's linked with Bendigo and Adelaide Bank. But the one, the other players that are still around, Vault and eighty six four hundred, yeah, their their job just got a lot harder to get to build that trust that they need with customers. I mean, in Australia, we're not really used to waking up and you're bank telling you that uh, they're not going to be around uh, by the end Mm. of the month. 
I wonder how much of a chilling effect this will have on other consumers who who may have been thinking about uh, going the digital bank route. Yeah, I think some of them will be looking for much more traditional. I'm not going to say safer. I'm going to say traditional uh, mm, places mm. to put their money. <laughs> Because yeah, of course, I s- just yeah, just a reminder that as, uh, in Australia, deposits up to two hundred fifty thousand dollars are guaranteed by the government. Your money is safe. <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah, don't don't panic out there. But yeah, I was just going to say, like, I started in March uh, a program to move from one bank to another, and it is now December, and I still haven't completed that because it is such a pain in the ass, especially with um, every uh, branch closed at the moment. So, yeah, it, it's it's a hard one for, out there for, for the banking sector. It's a hard one to disrupt, I would say. And after that heavy episode, we're going to need to just speak about <laughs> Spider-Man headphones tomorrow, right? Mm-hmm. Well, actually, I do have the new Apple headphones. So, yeah, why don't we end on that? Um, I'll, I'll have my thoughts already by tomorrow. Um, but that's a great place to end it. Thank you, Tess Bennett. Thanks, Peter. And we'll speak to you tomorrow. Bye. Bye. Alrighty. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.